go. December the 5th, 2023. Man, the year's almost over. How crazy is that? Unbelievable, but hey, that's just the way things around here are working, and uh, good to have you back. 600 ESPN El Paso. That is uh, our radio station. Alberto's here. You just heard from Adrian a moment ago. We've got uh, not one, not two, but three hours with you here on the show today. Uh, After a UTEP win last night over Western New Mexico, and uh, how long did Minor Talk uh, go last night, Adrian? How long uh, were you guys out We were on for 61 minutes, Steve. Oh, short show. Yeah, very short show. I expected that. I was thinking to Sal, hey, look, we got to go 30 minutes, man. There's no need for us to stay out here for a long time. If Everybody just wants to talk football. Nothing to take away from basketball. Actually, I took more away from the postgame, you know, from Voice of the Miners, John Teicher and Joe Golding, uh, hearing them talk back and forth about how practices were these past couple days and how that that's been a big area of emphasis, uh, and how moving the ball was a big area of emphasis as well. And Miners, they, don't, they didn't have any trouble against Western New Mexico. First half didn't look great. Second half, they locked in, and they, they looked just fine. But what do you take away from that matchup? I mean, you know what you take away? That they finally were able to get a softer opponent to maybe try to get their confidence back. That's about all you could say. This team was searching for something just to, to build on, heading into Oregon uh, this weekend, and then Abilene Christian in a couple of weeks and maybe the, this was the kind of tune-up they needed just to try to get some of their confidence back yeah I like that I think the you the word confidence is important for this UTEP basketball team knowing that I mean look at the last game the loss uh, uh you know yesterday I mean uh I guess it's like uh really eight days ago against Texas A&M Corpus Christi that loss right there was uh just so so um I, I just didn't expect it really I, I thought it was an unexpected loss for the Miners last week and how they had to bounce back from that, well, I guess they do it in a big win against Western New Mexico. You don't take much from it. You take the confidence, like you said, and now don't let that confidence go out the window on the road against Oregon, a team who's beat, who just came off an overtime victory against Michigan this yeah. past weekend. Looks really good. They do. They really do. So that's going to be uh, a huge challenge for UTEP. Um, we've got a fun show today, Adrian. We're, we're actually going to get a chance to talk in about uh, 15 minutes to an individual who knows uh, Scotty Walden better than any of us because he's had a chance to work with him over the last three, four years. Yeah, Brian Reeves out at, uh, he, he does everything when it comes to Austin P. He's the voice of the Governor's Sports Network uh, for ESPN Clarksville, and he knows uh, Scotty Walden very, very well. In fact, he sent out a tweet, uh, you know, talking about how this is uh, one of his all-time favorite guys, and he's really excited for his opportunity, but he, he used the word heartbreak. He says it's a heartbreaking moment for his school, uh, you know, that Austin P is losing Scotty Walden, but he is definitely a big fan of his. Brian Reeves will join us uh, coming up here in 15 minutes today, and uh, uh, that's going to be the, the highlight today. I don't even know if we're doing the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl watch today. I'm not sure okay, about that because I think Bernie is busy today with the traveling crews from Notre Dame and from Oregon State. So we might just uh, have uh, Brian, and uh, that's it for three hours today, which is fine with us. We've got plenty to talk about. 
lot to go on on the show today. We'll be giving awards out as well. Our win supply hot hand of the game and our uh, Timothy Cantrell player of the game from yesterday's win over Western New Mexico for the Miners. So we'll be giving awards out today. We'll be taking phone calls and a uh, lot to talk about. By the way, that last story you mentioned during SportsCenter about NIL and how uh, the NCAA is trying to allow schools themselves to be able to compensate athletes through NIL. I wonder if that's going to um, break the model. Because right now the model is universities are not able to legally be involved in the coordination of NIL, uh, compensation to athletes, so on and so forth. So you've had all of these, um, you know, uh, basically they're like um, collectives that have been formed. And their responsibility has been to go out and hire athletes themselves for commercial work and, and NIL and also just, you know, compensate athletes per the agreement they have. Will this eliminate that, or is this going to kind of be an addition to that? Well, I mean, it just uh, let's just put it this way. Steve, it offers regulation. It's the wild, wild west right yes. now for NIL. So it's they need some sort of regulation, whether you're for NIL, you're against NIL, your university that you root for embraces NIL, or it doesn't. There needs to be some sort of regulation. So to me, this uh, is, I guess, the first step into that, which is going to end up happening, right? Universities are ending are going to end up paying these athletes directly yes. at some point or another. In my opinion, that's the trend that this is headed towards. I agree about the fact that there needs to be regulation, but like for example, right now, if um, you know, if if student athletes are let's say trying to have their likenesses be used for different advertising campaigns, well then. Um, the collectives or or you or anybody else that's helping to work with this can just reach out to the athletes independently rather than the having to go through the university for permission. So my question is, is that when the universities actually do have more of a say and more power, will you have to go through the university to then try to reach out and obtain the services of the athletes for their NIL work versus now where you just have a direct pipeline to the athletes themselves. Because if you have to go through the university, those are more hurdles and hoops to go through, which ultimately might make things a little more difficult in the long run. Yeah, this policy has nothing to do with the actual outreach to the players. This only does uh, this only allows schools to pay players directly. So okay. what I'm saying is right here, this is allowing for a little bit more regulation. Now you could argue well hey alabama's got they, they're basically printing money over there same they with are. the university of texas so if they're if this is allowed they could just pay athletes directly and really really cut out the other side of it but it also talks about having a different subdivision this is something that we'd also talked about what if the sec just branches off themselves what if the big 10 just branches off themselves yeah. and creates their own league well this kind of paves the way for something like that now what you're talking about is also interesting to me because the regulations that are uh that uh, might be in place or might not be in place right now it's really the wild wild west there's it is. zero regulation i I could hit up any of the. I could hit up our friend Cade McConnell and say, "Do you want to be? Uh, you know, you want an NIL for minor talk? I need these sound bites. I need all these things. You and could. here's what you're gonna pay, what we're gonna pay you. Or better yet, 
hey, Kate, guess what? Buddy of mine owns a car dealership. They want to have you uh, pitch them, and they're going to give you two grand, twenty five hundred a month for you to be in commercials and 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 start uh, endorsing them. You want it? I mean, you know, that's the way it works right now. Will it some damn time be where you you can't do that anymore? Well, now you have to go through the school and get and get them to be doing that. And will will collectives now be handled through the school as opposed to being um, you know independent of the university? The one thing we'll say right now about all the collectives for NIL is the university is not allowed to be to have anything to do with it. Basically, you're doing it around the university and you're dealing directly with the student athletes. If the universities get involved, will that complicate matters because now you have to go through more hoops through the schools themselves and just going right to the athletes. So this is only to create a subdivision. Like let's say this is FAS instead of FCS, FBS, whatever, FAS. And maybe that's what it ends up uh, you know whatever it ends up being mm-hmm. and this subdivision right here their their universities can just pay athletes directly in addition so you might, to what we have right now correct but okay. you might not you might say hey if you go to the university of michigan in this case let's say the big 10 and the sec those are the only two conferences that want to be part of this let's say the sec and the big 10 both say yes we're going to be a part of this and we are not allowing anybody on the outside to come in and infiltrate our locker rooms and try to offer our own players NIL money because all our players make X amount of money or the best players on this team receive this. You know, hey, our starting quarterback's going to get $100,000 and it's just going to be uh, thanks to the University of Michigan and we will uh, we will block outside NIL collectives because we're going to keep everything in-house. No athlete's going to want that. No athlete is going to want that because all athletes are going to say, I want to try to generate as much income as I possibly can. And if you've got outside entities for that school offering your NIL for your name, image, likeness, who in their right mind is going to say, yeah, I want to go to this school, I'll get paid this amount, but I can't make anything else. Especially if you've got all of these large NIL collectives that have been formed from you know in, in these big universities that are willing to offer huge cash uh, payments to these athletes. If you say no to that and only getting money from the school, then athletes, now it's like you're capping these athletes. They're not going to want to deal with that because now they're not going have a chance to make anything outside of the little bubble that the school is going to offer them. Yeah, and I think if we reflect back to NIL's roots when it initially started back in 2020 or right after the you know COVID 19 pandemic, what you can reflect back on is there was a there was a court case out in I believe it was Florida, and it, it got all the way up to the Supreme Court featuring a YouTuber. Uh, I believe he played for Central Florida UCF. He was not able to uh, benefit from the money he was receiving from YouTube because of uh, no NIL rules in place. And he was deemed ineligible by NCAA's rules because he was starting to profit off his own name via his YouTube channel. Well, in this case right here, and everything that we're talking about right here, he would still be allowed to have his YouTube channel. He could still get paid, and he would get paid through the university directly. So the idea when this initially came up is why can't colleges pay athletes directly? I like that idea. Now you can't. I mean, right now in in today's college world, uh, UTEP cannot uh, pay their players directly, but UTEP can talk to some of the friends that they have through NIL collectives, just like we've been talking about, Mm -hmm. and set up these different deals on the side for all their players. So now here's the next question. Say you're a UTEP booster and you want to help give to the good, right? 
Do you do you give to the independent NIL that's working in conjunction with the athletes themselves through the school, or do you just give to the school and have them decide where that money is going to go? Part of the beauty of these NIL collectives that have been started is is that you're able to pretty much decide when you form these collectives how much money these athletes get and 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 what they need to do for it. If you give it to the school, now everything now the ball's in their court. Right. Think about how grassroots a lot of these approaches are. Even the minor collective who. Yeah. collective uh how that was in a sense a little grassroots when it first came up people like that one specific i've heard people say hey i really like this one because i only support men's basketball at utep that's right and i'm only a bass i'm not a football fan at utep i'm not a fan of anything else i'm just a men's basketball fan and you could think about that however you do but if it's somebody's hard-earned money that they want to donate to these collectives i'd say the collective route is probably the way to go because you know where you're supporting you you know where the money is going to all right, 14 pads, good to start, good start to the show today. Um, enjoying the beginning of this program. It's, uh, it's the way we want to go. By the way, um, we're going to come back in a little bit. We're going to talk all about uh, uh, Scotty Walden, who has been busy, Adrian, busy offering players left and right scholarships, including one, Gael Ochoa, who was offered by Dana Dimmel. And we found out that the Pebble Hills quarterback uh, will, in fact, have his scholarship offer honored by Scotty Walden here at UTEP. That was the only player that had actually committed to the minors this season, and we're not going to have to worry about his offer being pulled off the table. Exactly, and that's always good to see. First off, I just want to say this. Regardless of the player, I just like when coaches come into a new environment and they make the effort to get to know that prospect that was previously offered and make that effort to offer him. And that's a really big thing right there. That's what Scotty Walden did. Uh, you saw a shout out come from the Pebble Hills recruiting football page yep. uh, that, you know, Walden actually got a chance to speak with Mark Torres, the head coach out there at Pebble Hills, and uh, learn a little bit more about Gael Ochoa before he actually offered him. That's great stuff. He's doing his homework. He worked the phones today. He offered a lot of guys, and not just guys with El Paso ties like Bo Sparks, who played at Franklin and is coming off an All-American performance at the FCS level with Utah Tech at the wide receiver position, but he's also offered guys who have Division One experience. Jonathan Bax, a linebacker from TCU. James Mon the third. He comes from Indiana, a defensive back right there. So you're kind of getting a little mixed bag of everything. FCS transfers, JUCO transfers who are who have been offered so far high school guys who've been uh, offered so far and the aggressive approach i wrote this on twitter it's welcoming knowing that they've got the early signing day coming up on december 20th yeah right around the corner and now uh, with Scotty coming in tomorrow and then the uh, 2 o'clock press conference. Can't wait to find out how many members of this minor team that Scotty talks to that are all of a sudden excited and pulling themselves out of the portal and wanting to come back to school. That's going to be another very interesting thing for this coaching search and I am or this uh, this new head coach. I'm interested to see how this is going to transpire as well. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to talk to Brian Reeves. We're going to get uh, his thoughts on what UTEP and El Paso will be receiving right after we say hello to Charlie One and get this traffic update. Back here on Sports Talk as we continue. All right, uh, as everybody learned yesterday, UTEP has a new head football coach who will be introduced tomorrow afternoon. Uh, he is Scotty Walden, uh, who has spent uh, the last four seasons out at Austin P. And uh, joining us right now is Brian Reeves, who is the voice of the Governor Sports Network, 
on uh, ESPN out in Clarksville, Tennessee. And Brian was kind enough to spend a little time with us here on the show today. Brian, welcome to the program. Good to have you on board. And uh, as you might imagine, a lot of El Pasoans pretty excited about uh, their new head football coach. Well, they should be. Adrian, Steve, thank you guys for having me. Uh, Scotty's just one of those guys that is infectious. He'll get you excited talking to him. He'll get your fan base excited talking to him. He'll rally the locker room behind him. And it's, uh, I hate to see him walk out of our town, but uh, you've got a winner. I'll tell you that. Uh, I'm excited about that, Brian. I feel like uh, for a lot of minor fans, they're uh, they're pretty happy, especially knowing that uh, UTEP is kind of taking a different approach here. I mean, they haven't really gone after somebody in their 30s uh, probably since, uh, really, uh, David Lee uh, replaced Bob Stoll in uh, 1988. That's how long it's been. It's always been an older, more experienced coach, either a coordinator or uh, a former head coach that's had the job. So UTEP is really kind of breaking the chain a little bit of, of what uh, has been their comfort zone when it comes to head coaches? Well, this is a coach that's going to put the younger talent in the locker room at ease because it, it, we've always heard the term player's coach. or uh, But this is a guy who's you know not that far removed, less than 10 years removed from the age of the players he's going to be coaching. So uh, practice will probably look a little different to you. He's not afraid to, to have the music blaring and tempo going at practice. He's not afraid to get in it with the players and, you know, take a quarterback rep during practice to show the guys that he's still got it and how it should look. Uh, he'll sprint up and down the field. He'll sprint in and out of the locker room. His energy, I think, is what attracts that young generation, what attracts makes recruiting so easy for him. So to say you're going younger on the coaching age scale, I, I just think that's the trend that college football is going. When you look across the board, you know, unless you're at your true blue bloods, uh, it, it's a youth movement, and I think El Paso is benefiting from making that younger move. Brian, uh, how long did it take Scotty to really get comfortable in Clarksville when he joined Austin P as head coach and had the opportunity to dig in uh, with, with that team and, and ultimately the turnaround? Well, he didn't have a choice. He got introduced in December, and that was the COVID year, and we played a spring football season that began in February. So he didn't, he didn't really have a spring time. He didn't, they didn't go through mat drills and spring practice and summer workouts. He basically had three months to dive in uh, with a football team that was coming off an Ohio Valley Conference championship at that point uh, and then goes play a six-game spring season, uh, which he went four and two in. So it, it didn't take long at all. And I said, with his, uh, just his persona, his, his naturalness uh, around the game and around the, the players and people he works with, uh, you get attracted to him. It's hard not to root for him. You know, he, he, if you look off the field, he's a family guy. He has one young son, a second one on the way, I believe, due in February. So he's not a guy that's going to be out and about gallivanting and running around town. He's going to get out of practice. He's going to take care of his guys, and he's going to get home to his family. Uh, that, that's just how he is. Uh, and his family's a big part. His young son, Luca, will be running around practice as well, uh, being energetic and infectious. Uh, there's not a lot of coffee drink on a Scotty Walden staff, but I promise there's a lot of energy drinks. And if you ever have a power outage, he can run the lights for you. 
When it comes to assembling a staff, I think UTEP fans are really interested in where he will start. Scotty Walden, what, what, who will he bring from Austin P? Who will he tap into as far as his contacts go? As far as him building a staff at Austin P, what did you notice? Did he like to go younger uh, as far as some of the coaches he brought on, or did he rely on some of the contacts that he had, you know, over the years? You, um, you, I don't know. Let me see if you had a chance to hear that. Uh, Brian, did you hear that question from Adrian? Oh, hang on. We might have lost him. Um, let's see what happened there. So, okay. We lost um, – okay, we have him back now. Okay, perfect. Let me see if we can get Brian back. Brian, did you have a chance to catch that question from Adrian uh, before we lost you? I did not. I apologize. Okay, uh, Adrian, throw it, throw it at Brian one more time. I'll just ask you simply: How do you feel like he his philosophy is when it comes to assembling a staff I and apologize. actually hiring I don't a hear staff? Adrian. Okay, so he's not even hearing you, Adrian. We have to. We'll work on just trying to get Adrian connected, where you can uh, then be able to communicate, uh, Adrian, and 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 uh, Brian will have a chance to hear you. If not, come in here, and we can always uh, mic you up in here if, if we <laughs> if if we need to. So I think the question: The joy is, of live radio, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, and and it's funny. I mean. I mean, it's not like it, 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 it makes it sound like we've been doing this uh, for about five minutes, which is not the case. But, um, Adrian, you want to try one more time and give it a go? Let's see. The third time's not true. Brian, do you this, hear me here? Do you hear me here? Brian, yeah, you're whispering, but I can hear you. Okay. Adrian, well, that's strange. Just, Adrian, just get in here for crying out loud. Let me mic you and you can just ask the question to Brian. My God, we're worried so much about trying to get these microphones working in the other room. Come right in here, grab that microphone, and just hop in, and let's uh, let's uh, fire away. All right, go you ahead. You know, the scary part about this, Steve, is I never uh, – no one ever messes with my board, so whenever something happens to it, I'm always getting a little worried about it. Uh, Brian, want to ask you about hiring coaches. What's the philosophy that Coach Walden has when it comes to assembling a staff? There's a phrase that you're probably going to hear tomorrow during the press conference. If you don't hear it tomorrow, you'll hear it within the week. If you're juiceless, you're useless. He wants the same energy from his coaching staff that he has from himself. Uh, And it won't surprise me, and and unfortunately I don't know directly. I'm headed into a basketball game tonight, so I've been doing a little prep there to not find out everything today of of how many from this staff from Clarksville will be headed uh, out west with him. It would not surprise me if – J.J. Clark, who is his defense coordinator last season, uh, just this week named one of the AFCA top 35 under the age of 35. Uh, he's got a young and talented defensive staff. Uh, his, he's an offensive coordinator himself. He had a three-headed prong approach with himself, uh, his wide receiver coach, Lanier Sampson, and his offensive line coach, Jared Kastner, who came from Texas Tech. Uh, those three kind of combined on the offensive play calls, but it's ultimately Scotty's call. Uh, I, I, it would not surprise me if half his staff doesn't come with him just because of that fluidity of making that change, having that comfort level with his staff, and immediately dropping into a locker room and developing the relationships with those players. Uh, but it, they got to be young and energetic. I promise you that. Brian Reeves is the voice of the Governor's Sports Network, and he joins us uh, here on Sports Talk as we talk about uh, Scotty Walden, the new head coach of the UTEP Miners. Let's talk about defense for a second. I'm happy you brought that up because I saw the okay. uh, I saw what uh, you know JJ being recognized in the 35 under 35 list. I was looking at the stats, and I think statistically speaking, in FCS they were about 85th in total defense, and it was one of those numbers where you say, eh, wasn't really anything that was impressive so um you 
are, is this a team who's that that's defensively Brian better than their their statistics show? Is it a product of the offense and 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 how the defense was on the field? Give me a little feel for them defensively because, like I said, when you just look at the the statistics, nothing really jumped out at you like the offense numbers do. The only thing that will jump out at you is third down conversion. We were top ten in the nation in the disallowing third down conversions, less than 36% on the season. Uh, part of this Scotty Walden offense hurts the defense, and this is, why, this is what I mean. This is a quick strike offense. I mean, we average drives under three, four minutes, and then your defense really doesn't get a chance to check a break. And, we've, and he'll, he'll tell you, uh, he'll want seconds and thirds on the defense where he just needs first and seconds on the offense because – They'll, they'll play so quick. They will play tempo. They'll spread you out wide receiver number to number and gap you to run the ball. Uh, so it's a spread offense, but he still runs the football very very well out of it. But to say that the defense later in the season did get a little tired, I'll, I'll admit it. Uh, it. It cost us a first-round playoff game, but we lost on a field goal at the final horn uh, because our defense was a little tired-legged and allowed the offense to get into field goal position. So uh, he'll run a, basically a three-down front. Uh, basically a 3-3 stack, and, and, and uh, depending on who comes with him. If it's J.J., that's what you're looking at. Uh, and then he, he, he'll get aggressive. He, I always said in the last couple of years, I think it's been more and more prominent with this defense, unless you're a three-down lineman with your hand on the ground, it's positionless defense. You'll have cornerbacks coming up and blitzing. You'll have strong safeties dropping back in coverage and, and moving around. Uh, it's just one of those things where you don't know what's coming at you unless, those, like I said, those three guys with their hands on the ground right on the line of scrimmage. Uh, it, it, it's an amoeba look, and it, 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 it's paid off for us the last couple of years. Brian, what about that uh, position on the back to the coaching for me? Uh, back, uh, they actually have a liaison who actually can connect with the NFL, the CFL, some of the other pro football leagues out there, and that's a position that is held by Buddy Odell, the assistant director yep. of football operations, and he specializes in that kind of stuff. What does that say about Scotty Walden and what he wants to uh, accomplish on his coaching staff as far as getting players to play at that next level? It, it tells me that he has players with talent that can reach that level and that he wants to be a conduit for them to get there. You know, every young man's dream, even mine back when I tried to play offensive line, uh, you know, was to hopefully play on a Sunday, uh, you know, or, or, or play somewhere after college. Unfortunately, it didn't work, and they stuck a radio microphone in front of me, and here I am. Uh, but to have that kind of fluidity – you know, it's, it was not uncommon uh, during the season. Of course, we're in Clarksville. We're about an hour north of Nashville. But to have the Titans, a couple of Titans guys, scouts, at practice, to, to have the Atlanta Falcons come through, have the Saskatchewan Rough Riders come down uh, and, and take a look at positions, it, it, it's just one of those things where, look, if that's your dream and you're going to put in the work, I'm going to make it as possible as I can for you to make that dream come true, whether it's introducing you to a scout or – letting someone else look at your film and look at you on the field and giving me a tip or giving me a, crit a critique I can pass on to you to work on and to build on. You know, it, it's just one of those things where you know, if you're a Major League Baseball player and you're a college hitter and you want to make it to the show one day and stay longer than a cup of coffee, you like to have those connections. And same thing in football, and that's what Scotty and Buddy are doing with those connections to the professional realm.
Brian Reeves, the voice of the Governor's Sports Network for ESPN in Clarksville, joining us here on Sports Talk as we continue. Regarding recruiting, they're offering everybody right now left and right, and that's because there's a ton of minors in the portal and uh, also because they only had one player that had committed prior to the coaching change uh, here a few weeks ago when uh, Dana Dimmel was told he would not be uh, back for UTEP. So lots of players being offered. Um, We know recruiting is so key in, in any successful football program and there's going to be a huge jump from FCS up to FBS but regarding Austin P Brian how were those recruiting classes regarded under uh, you know coach Walden compared to the rest of uh, the league that Austin P was in two years ago we had a top 10 FCS recruiting class last year we were in the top 25 but signed the highest four-star recruit uh, we'd ever signed here at Austin P I will tell you this, Scotty Walden has a type. Uh, This has nothing to do with his wife. This has to do with his guys on the outside. He will take speed over size. You know, I joke that we probably had the shortest receiving room in FCS football last year, but I promise you we could break the 40 faster than anybody else in the nation. Uh, And he'll take that. That's the style of play he wants. He wants somebody that can stretch the field, uh, push the tempo, push the pressure on the defense, uh, and then to be able to get back to the line of scrimmage and do it all over again without having to get out and having to take a breath. So he's gonna t- he'll stress speed over size, uh, and then he's going to rely on those coaches. You know, he, he's not an O-line, D-line guy. Whoever he brings in, he's going to rely on them to t- trust their eye test and get them in. Uh, and, and don't be surprised. And, again, I, the portal is what the portal is. I have my opinions of it. Um, he, he uses it. You know, our, our quarterback last year, Mike DeLillo, is a two-year guy that came out of the portal. And last year we had a 3,000-yard passer in DeLillo and a 1,000-yard rusher. So that tells you what that offense can create for, for a talented young man. Uh, and so I think his heritage, his uh, proven already resume, will entice some people from the portal and maybe even entice some of those miners that were thinking about jumping ship after they meet him and know what's going to come to uh, El Paso may stick around. Was Brian able to do all of this without an NIL in place at Austin P, or had he built up an NIL uh, through uh, the friends of the program? There's a collective here. Oh, we, we, there is a collective here for Austin P. It is not, you know, it, it's not Michigan, Ohio State money, uh, but uh, it, it, it is what it is for the, a town of our size, of just a little over 125,000 folks. Uh, a university of our size that is heavily connected to the military with Fort Campbell Army Base just literally half a mile up the road from our campus and university. Uh, so there is a small NIL here. Uh, it helped. Uh, I, I think we're still fighting the giants that have those big collectives and can, you know, put you in a brand-new pickup truck the minute you walk on campus. That, that's never going to happen here. Uh, but uh, it, there was some assistance from the NIL, the collective is in place at Austin P. Well, it sounds like uh, Austin P has something that UTEP football does not have, and that is an NIL collective. So that's really interesting in itself. Brian, I, I want to ask you a question. When it comes to the people out there right now, UTEP fans, I think there was a lot of people who are very positive, but there were some people who were questioning, can he win at this level? Can he transition positively from the FCS level to the FBS level? And can he win at a historically bad football program what would you say to those uh, fans who might be a little doubtful uh, based on the resume that Scotty Walden has put out there if you want to say historically bad uh, get your Google out 
and search Austin P. Football for the nation's longest losing streak of 37 games that ended in 2017. Uh, two coaches before Walden, we break the streak. Another coach comes in, uh, and then Scotty comes in, and now here we are. Uh, we've made our second FCS playoff appearance in the past four years, back-to-back conference champions. So history means nothing to Scotty, and that's no disrespect to those former minors that have put their blood, sweat, and tears on the field. He'll appreciate them. He won't be concerned with the record. Uh, he runs a style of offense that attracts your, your, your athletes, that attracts guys that want to sling it, want to go run the, the go routes off, off the edges, that want to uh, run uh, out of a tailback position and get the wheel right out of the backfield, plus run between the tackles. He runs an offense that will attract players and will attract the kind of players you need to win. And listen, he's been at Southern Miss, so he knows this level of football. Um, saying Austin P, you know, is yes, we're an FCS school, but I think when you go FAS to FBS, to me, it's always a matter of those number ones. And when you get the number twos, that's where the drop-off always came for us, battling with the FBS. He'll get those ones and twos, and he'll build a program that you can be proud of. Meanwhile, looking at the 2024 schedule, Brian, UTEP gets to play in Lincoln against Nebraska on August 31st, and then later on in November, November 23rd, a date in Knoxville against the Volunteers, a program you know quite well because you were down only 13-6 at the half playing Tennessee this year with Austin P. We played Tennessee tighter than anyone else in the FCS or non-Power 5 level. Uh, we had a defensive approach to them, again, that kind of amoeba defense, the unknown of what was coming. Uh, we shook them. I mean, it was, it was game two. I mean, everybody gets better from week one to week two. We got better after our loss to Southern Illinois and, uh, to go to Knoxville to take on Tennessee. Uh, we may have stunted Tennessee's growth in week two, but they got better eventually, and, and we see them headed to a bowl game now with the Cheez-It Bowl. He, he, that, the stage is not going to scare him, uh, and he's going to make sure that the guys who strap it up and put on that orange for UTEP uh, are, are not going to be scared of the stage either. Uh, it, it doesn't matter who's across the line. Strap it up anywhere, anytime is kind of a motto that you'll hear him say as well. But uh, those situations won't bother him. Once that football is kicked off in Lincoln, all the butterflies are gone, and it's football. No matter if it was, you know, two high school teams on a Friday night or two teams on a Sunday afternoon, it's football is football once it's in the air, and, and that's how he'll approach it. You've talked about Scotty as a player's coach. You've talked about him as a family man. My question is, this program needs the community to get back into it. They need support, whether it's dollars to support the program, to give uh, the facilities uh, some improvements and the athletes some improvements. Is he the kind of individual that will want to go around town and get the community back involved again supporting UTEP football? 100%. One hundred percent. You know, it's it's one of the things that he'll take pride in, and he he would open up a lot of uh, preseason or pre pregame or pre season, I guess you say, conference uh, uh, talking points. And my apologies there for getting stumbled. Uh, and talking about public service, talking about community service work, where his football team are going out to the elementary schools and uh, reading with the kids, or even just playing on the playground with them. He'll talk about going, you know, right before Thanksgiving. They 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 cut practice in half. And they went and loaded food boxes. Uh, as a team uh, for to give out to our troops. Uh, again, Fort Campbell, Kentucky, so located closely to here. Those, that, those soldiers that are deployed, those families are still here uh, and made sure that they had uh, a Thanksgiving meal prepared, or 
ingredients ready to go for them. Uh, so he'll get in the community. He, he, again, there's no stage too big for Scotty Walden. He'll bring the juice. Uh, don't be surprised if you start a few uh, rotary meetings or uh, uh, key meetings with a hand clap and a rally cry because uh, he'll get you going, and he'll make, he'll make sure that you understand he's got energy for this and passion for the program that he's going to lead, and he'll try to make you have that equal amount. Is there one story you could kind of think of off the field? I was talking to somebody out at the Clarksville now, and they were saying how Scotty uh, actually had a pep talk for their entire staff and even went <laughs> as far as went on the table to get everybody fired up and energized uh, for their staff meeting. Do you have an off-the-field kind of story to just show what kind of energy he really brings as a person? I can validate that that, that story you heard is true. Uh, he did table, I won't say table surfed, uh, but he they made sure the structural integrity was there when he jumped up there to get everybody going. Uh, you know, I don't have one particular. Um, I, I can tell you I've seen both sides. I, I have seen him post-game uh, go 100% and get in the locker room and um, you know, I'm, there's, there's pictures to prove it. Take his shirt off and get rallying with the guys. And I've seen him walk right out of that same room to see his son and him just humble himself and go down on the knee and talk to him on his level. So, again, I, this is a man that, that, that brings you the total package. Um, you'll, you'll see the energy, I think, tomorrow. And don't be surprised if he's not out leading the cheering section at the volleyball game tomorrow night. That I, I know they have a meet and, greet, meet and greet with him as well. I wouldn't be surprised if he's not right in the front row uh, cheering them on because that's that's one thing he pushes as well the total concept of hey you're a student athlete here on the football team but there's basketball team there's a baseball team there's softball there's there's volleyball we support everybody the the, the high tide raises every ship and that's what he's going to push across the push across the narrative for his team and for all the athletics there at UTEP. All right, Brian, you got us sold. Can't wait to meet him and hear this firsthand coming up tomorrow afternoon when he meets everybody here this at 2 o'clock for the press conference. Enjoyed the conversation, and hopefully you can make it down to El Paso sometime in the next year or two and get a chance to see Scotty here work with the Miners. I'll be checking the bye weeks myself to see what's available. Maybe I can sneak to Knoxville on the road, but – we're, we're trying to rebound after an opening round playoff loss and build ourselves back up and find us somebody to lead the program here. All right. Brian, thanks again. We appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Brian Reeves, he is the voice of the Governor Sports Network for ESPN out there in Clarksville. Fours across the board. Come back with more in a moment. Stay with us. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. Now back here on Sports Talk, 52 past the hour. Alberto running the show. Trying to figure out why nobody could hear Adrian back That's in the strange, other side. That's strange, right? That's weird. You can hear me, right? I, you sound fine. That's so weird. So scary. In fact, um, maybe we could test that. Maybe we could have somebody else call the show yeah. as, as a regular call. We'll put you on and see if they can hear you. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully they can, man. Uh, or else I'm going to have to do some reevaluation on this board afterward. I know. That, that is true. Hey, by the way, um, I thought Brian was great, and he definitely got people fired up about uh, the situation right now with uh, with Scotty Walden, that's for sure. I asked him after the interview, I said, hey, um, does he ever like uh, get fiery and, and start like trying to light up guys? He's like, <laughs> no. He goes, he found that 
most guys don't respond to that like they used to when like we were kids growing up. And instead of doing that, it's almost like he puts them in a spot where they kind of feel guilty and then want to respond that way. It was really an interesting way to describe kind of his personality and how he tries to uh, to, to get guys motivated. That rather than yell at them and 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 just and and just try to you know fire them up that way, he's got like the opposite approach where he kind of makes players feel feel a little bad and then they go out and they want to play yeah it's almost like the player has to take accountability themselves right and I like that right there because if a player is taking accountability and it's coming from a former player himself and Scotty Walden that also bodes pretty well I'm I'm interested I thought you were referencing something like would he go after media Steve like I thought you were were wondering would he get fiery and and get back at media well I was kind of hoping about that that wouldn't be that would be kind of (laughs) that would let's put it this way wouldn't be the first it definitely won't be the last. Is that is that a fair way to describe it? Too soon, too soon. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So I can I can understand that too. No, I'm looking forward to the press conference tomorrow. Sounds like we're going to get somebody with a lot of energy and uh, going to come in. And uh, we're supposed to have him on Sports Talk tomorrow at 6:40. He's got a busy day, but it's on his itinerary. And uh, Adrian, um, we will be live tomorrow at Memorial Gym broadcasting the show from 4 to 7 before the game coming up uh, with UTEP and Clemson for volleyball. Yeah, I mean, first off, that is such a cool thing that Coach Walden is going to make an appearance at the volleyball game tomorrow. What a what a cool thing in itself right there. And the fact that uh, he's going to be celebrating with all the fans who are fired up about UTEP Clemson tomorrow. And then that game itself. I mean, talk about one of the biggest games in, forget recent memory, maybe in UTEP volleyball history that they've had here at Memorial Gym. So uh, the opportunity is ahead of them right now. Clemson is on the radar, and it's coming up tomorrow night at a Memorial Gym. Sure is. All right, so we'll be there for that. we got a lot more coming up in hours two and three. Stick around. Phone calls, 505-6009. You can also connect with us uh, on Twitter, X, at 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay with us. Back with more right after this. Part of hour number two as we continue here on Sports Talk. Alberto here with us along with Adrian Broaddus. I'm Steve Kaplow. It's good to have you back. 600 ESPN El Paso. 505-6009. That's our telephone number. 505-6009 as we continue. Adrian, busy first hour. Excited about that. Excited about the rest of the show. I think that's going to be fun. Yeah, Steve, I think we still need to hit on a lot of different things. I mean, yesterday we had calls galore on the college football playoff, on things like the NFL, people wanting to react. I mean, everybody wanted to react yesterday to uh, teams like the 49ers, of course, the Eagles yesterday, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and what's going on over there. But how about last night? I mean, the, the Jaguars losing to Jake Browning, and they may have lost their starting quarterback and Trevor Lawrence right yep. now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's true. And by the way, um, I heard good news, though. I heard good news on uh, the situation for Trevor Lawrence because he at least was able to walk back to the locker room after the game. But it's a bad loss. How do you lose to Browning? How does that happen? But by the way, on the same note, those white uniforms that the Bengals use are amazing. I love those jerseys. Love them. 
Me too. They're, I think they're the best uniforms in football right now, in the NFL at least. Uh, and the Bengals are still competitive. That's another thing, Steve. I was ready to watch the Bengals just lay and pretty much uh, watch the season play out as they don't have Joe Burrow for the remainder of the year. But Jake Browning, uh, he shows what he, he showed what he could do last night. I, I was actually pretty impressed. Their defense has some question marks, no doubt about it. But uh, offensively, the Bengals will be just fine for the rest of the season. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, you know, it's entertaining football game. Best way to put it. Very entertaining football game. And Jacksonville frustrates you, don't they? They really do. Because just when you feel like the Jags are uh, back and turning a corner again, this happens. And they're a weird 8-4 and four football team. Because just when you're starting to believe, that's when they lay an egg. Do you know Jacksonville is five and zero on the road this year and three and four at home? Wow, that's really interesting. And and I want okay, so they've got that London game under their belt mm-hmm. uh, that they won. And yeah, I mean they show you some weeks. Remember they killed the Steelers? I think it was just two weeks ago. And then now we're talking about them uh, losing to the Bengals, who are last place in the AFC North right yeah. now. The Jags are eight and four. The Colts and Texans are both seven and five. It's going to be a race to see who wins out the AFC North when it's all. Or south when it's all said and done. Hey, the Bengals are last in the north at six and six, and they're still in the playoff hunt. How about that? Yeah, it tells you a lot about the AFC this Ugh. season and where it's at. I mean, look, when the Broncos are still in it and we are ready to bury uh, Russell Wilson as a starting quarterback in the NFL by week three of the season, that should tell you a lot about the AFC and where it stands. Who do you like better? Do you like the Dolphins or the Ravens better as the best team in the AFC right now? Ooh. Who is the number one team in the AFC? I still, I'll still, i still go the Ravens. You look at some of their losses this year, they're all dumb losses. <laughs> and uh, maybe that is a fault to them and what they weren't able to do this season. But, I mean, I remember uh, a late game loss this year to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They shouldn't have lost that 17-10 game earlier this year. They lost to Cleveland. They had that game in the bag. And then Cleveland comes back and beats them. And then they also lost to the Colts by three points earlier in the year. The losses they have uh, are just kind of ridiculous to me. So I still would take the Ravens, number one. What about you? Do you take Miami or Baltimore? I still go. It's hard. I go Baltimore because of their defense. I mean, the, the Dolphins have given up a ton of points, a ton of points compared to um, the Ravens. Then again, the Dolphins score more points than the Ravens. So I'm like looking at it, right? The Ravens scored 324 points in, in 13 games, and they've given up 187. The Dolphins have scored 384 points. That's 60 points more than um, than the Ravens, but they've given up. 266 points, which is 80 points more than the Ravens. So um, I don't know. I'll take Baltimore over Miami. Uh, You know what I wish? I wish they were going uh, head-to-head, and unfortunately they're not. Actually, they are. I, I take that back. Miami will play at Baltimore on New Year's Eve. Maybe that is when we will actually get a really good indication as to who the best team in the AFC is. Yeah, speaking of best team, what's the best win for the Dolphins this year? I'm looking at it week by week. It actually might be that 70-20 to 20 win over Denver because uh, week over week, their wins are not impressive. Their losses are against the better teams. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Dallas. They lost to the Bills yeah. on the road, lost to the Eagles, lost to Kansas City on the road. They don't beat the good teams, and that's, no, they where, that's how I evaluate you and judge you as a team in the NFL. That's a great point. Their three losses came to the Bills, Eagles, and Chiefs. And if you look at their wins, 
Commanders, Jets, Raiders, Patriots, Panthers, Giants, Broncos, Patriots again, and Chargers. Ugh. No. They, they, they could be, the Dolphins could be frauds. Right. Total frauds. Right. And I'm looking at the Ravens. I can I could be excited about their win against Houston, their win on the road against Cincinnati with Joe Burrow at the time. They also beat out the likes of Detroit by thirty eight to six. And we might be talking about the Lions as the third overall seed in the NFC. Yep. So yeah, they have the quality wins over there with Baltimore, not necessarily with Miami. Line ringing in, lines ringing in. Five oh five six zero zero nine. That's our telephone number. 505-6009 gets you right on in and through to the program. We'd love to hear from you uh, on this uh, Tuesday afternoon. Uh, 505-6009. Um, I saw this story a little while ago. I'm fascinated by this, okay? UTEP went the young coaches route with Scotty Walden. They went 34 years of age. High energy, offensive, fast-paced, innovative guy and decided that they want somebody young, somebody up and coming, and somebody that can come in here, win, turn around the program, and then catapult themselves up, okay? And, And by the way, the fact that they went that direction, I'm happy with. I am absolutely happy with it because UTEP's not worried about somebody coming in here and sticking around and staying put. They wanted somebody to come in here and just transform this football program. Word started to leak this afternoon, right before we went on the air today, that New Mexico is close to hiring Bronco Mendenhall to be their next football coach. Now, if the name sounds familiar, it should. He coached for uh, 17 seasons as a head coach. Virginia and BYU were two of his stops. They say a deal is expected to be finalized in the near future. He's 57 years of age, hasn't coached in two years, when he left Virginia to, quote, reassess, renew, reframe, and reinvent the four R's. He left for the four R's. Now, here's what's interesting, okay? Mendenhall was an assistant in New Mexico from 98 to 02. So he's been there for five years before. Um, He's been a head coach. He led BYU to 11 consecutive bowl games in five seasons of 10 or more wins. He turned Virginia into a contender in the ACC. In 2019, they were 9-5 and and went to the Orange Bowl. He also has a career record of 135-81. and This is the exact opposite approach that UTEP is taking for their head coaching job. And you think about this for a second, uh, Adrian. Um, New Mexico could have gone a lot of directions, a lot of directions. And in a way, their program for football is very similar to UTEP in terms of they both need help. And yet UTEP went one direction and New Mexico Mexico went – 180 degrees the opposite direction 
with their new head football coach. Yeah, it's a, actually a hire that I'm kind of uh, scratching my head a little bit on this one. I, I think you can objectively look at the UTEP job and say, yeah, it's a risky hire for Walden, but understand that he's a young, uh, rising head coach uh, who wants to prove himself, which is a, a kind of a, an appealing thing if you're UTEP. On the New Mexico side of things, Mendenhall has been, uh, before he actually left Virginia, Steve, he actually condemned things like the NIL and the transfer portal, which is not something you necessarily want to do if you're a head coach in today's college football world. Mendenhall also, uh, he's not going to have a lot of resources ahead of him. They Their finalists included Matt Wells, who was rumored to be a finalist for the UTEP job in addition, and Rocky Long, who was previously the defensive coordinator out at Syracuse, and Long actually played at New Mexico and was previously their head coach uh, as, as recently as 2008. So yep. I found their finalists to be real interesting versus UTEP's finalists, which I thought were better quality. Listen to this, though. Let me, let me read you one sentence, and when you hear this, <clears throat> you're going to think one thing. One thing only. Here is the article and what it says. <clears throat> Part of what's been appealing to Mendenhall has been the scope of the rebuild, sources told ESPN. New Mexico looms as a vexing puzzle as there's little local recruiting base and resources are limited. When you hear that and you hear the, what, what the first sentence, scope of the rebuild, what is the first thing that comes to mind for you? Uh, well, it's Jerry Kill. Bingo. Yeah, and, Bingo. And, and I guess that's this is the Jerry Kill hire for New Mexico. Exactly. If they're trying to copy the New Mexico State model, that's the wrong move, man. Jerry Kill you. is one of one, and Mendenhall is not Jerry Kill. I am. I couldn't agree with you more. But I really feel that in Albuquerque, when they saw what Kill has done the last couple of years in Crucis with the Aggies. They said, we want that. We want that. And that's exactly what they're trying to do. You said it best. There is only one Jerry Kill. But I feel like the Lobos are doing exactly what New Mexico State set out to do. And only time will tell if New Mexico falls flat on their face with Bronco Mendenhall or if he is able to have the kind of success that the Aggies have had. And let me be fair. He did coach Virginia. He's been at a high level, and he has won at his different stops. Uh, I just think that for today's college football and what 2023 requires from a college football head coach, his mindset might not be conducive. To say that just you know you don't have the resources, you don't have the NIL, and just accept that, that's one thing. Yep. But to actually push the envelope and to try to in, you know inspire change that's what jerry kill did that's what he did that was so different than anybody else 100 percent. let's go to the phones right now orly's joining us on the line so orly what's going on how are you i'm doing okay i mean that's uh, you're right it's it's, uh, it's another kill hire mm-hmm. uh, the guy does have experience but i'm glad that's another retread and i'm glad we didn't go that way i'm glad we got a young guy I hope it works out. I hope we don't. Have to, I hope we, we have to get rid of him in three years because that means he's successful. Actually, you that's won't not, get rid. You won't get rid of him. He'll get rid of you. I mean, let's be you. honest. Right. That's yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I, I understand. You know, I understand what you're saying. Leaving UTEP to move up the ladder and take a Power Five job. That's what you're talking about. Hell yeah! I mean, I have no problem with that. 
I like being a stepping stone. We did that in basketball. Yep. With Barbie and, and Gillespie and, and Doc Sadler. No problem. We That's were right. winners back then, too. That's right. We haven't done much since then. Anyway, you were talking about the NFL. Well, if you look Christmas Day Eve, that could be a precursor to the Super Bowl. It's San Francisco against Baltimore. Yeah, that'll be a good one. That will be a good one. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. It's at Santa Clara. Uh, You know, this game this week with the 49ers scares me. Coming off an emotional win, going up against a rival like Seattle that's desperate. San Francisco cannot look past this game. Cannot look past it. I don't think they will, but you got it's a divisional game, and Mm -hmm. Seattle and Santa hate each other. But it's. uh, it's fun to see what's going to happen in the NFL. Uh, as far as, as Miami, you're right. They're the Dallas Cowboys of the AFL, of the American League, because you look at them, they haven't beat anybody. They beat up on the, on the bottom dwellers. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I think the 49ers sent a message there to be as long as they stay healthy. That is the key. You've got to keep Williams healthy. That's the key. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But it was it was a great game Sunday. I enjoyed every bit of it. And now you wonder if Purdy doesn't get hurt, would it have been a different outcome in the championship? I yep. think so. Yep. Yep. Really you, could, you could. We could say that. But you know what? That's uh, again. Uh, that's the playing the what if game. Sometimes it's fun to play the what if game, but we'll never truly know the answer to the what if game. But Orly, appreciate the call. Thanks for getting in. 18 past the hour. Come back with more of your phone calls. Stay with us. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. Back here on Sports Talk as we continue. Alberto, that's a sweet shirt you're wearing. Where'd you get that one? You got UTEP. You got the Mountain Star on there. Where'd you uh, Where'd you find that T-shirt? Uh, I helped out with the UTEP Soccer's Camp ID this summer. Oh, so, so they, and they hooked there. you up. Yeah, yeah. Burned the back like of my it. feet, but, but the oh. back of my legs. But it was, it, I love the shirt. I wear it a lot. Hey, that's a solid shirt. That is good. All right, um, Adrian. I'm going to test your microphone out with Cruz. Let's see if he can hear you. Let's, okay. Uh, let's let's have a little uh, technical fun here as we continue. Two lines available: five zero five six zero zero nine. Cruz is joining us next. Cruz, how are you? I'm doing okay, buddy. Here, would you believe, long time listener, first time caller. Hey, good job, Cruz. I <laughs> Cruz, appreciate that. Cruz, can you hear that. me? Cruz, can you hear me? Hey, bro. Um, no, you can't. I'm getting wow. excited. Getting excited with this coach. The information that you guys put out. It shows that he's had uh, success on offense, on defense, as a head coach. And, uh, you know, all around it seems like he's, he's done a little more. And, and so, you know, uh, I'm really excited about about him. And uh, But he, he's got a lot of work ahead of him. We yes, only have what, one recruit, and we've lost a lot of players. And, and well, you know, he still has time. But, you know, I, I, sh- I sure hope we can get some good players and keep some of the ones we that are in the portal. I think they'll have a chance. I'll have a chance to talk to them. In fact, they're probably going to try and, um, I mean, they've already offered about at least five, six, seven, eight guys today. So there are going to be a ton of offers out there. They're already targeting players they want, and I would expect them to be pretty active. Now, hang on, Cruz. We're going to try this one more time. I want you to tell me, uh, Cruz, if you can hear Adrian talking to you. This is our little Cruz, live. Cruz, you cannot hear me, right? This is our live radio test. Cruz, can you hear Adrian at all? Adrian, go ahead. Cruz, can you hear me? Cruz, can you hear me? 
I, I cannot hear anybody. <laughs> That's it, Adrian. Your mics are dead. They're I'm not t- working back there. I can hear you, but the phone phone calls can't hear you. Imagine if somebody oh, was like, hey, God. Steve, you're talking to yourself this whole time. I know. I know. Cruz, Cruz, this is good. I appreciate you giving us the lowdown on that. It's good to know that that room does not work for phone calls right now. It is strictly me, which I'm okay with. But um, what are you most excited about as far as a new head coach? What is it that gets you most pumped? Oh, well, that he's going to come out and uh, get the community involved. We all need to. I live all the way down here in Horizon City, and uh, – well, you know, I look forward to going out there. It, when we have these get-togethers with the community, it's really uh, refreshing and uh, camaraderie. Camaraderie. You make friends and get together and go with other people to the games. And so, if he can draw people closer, uh, you know, we'll have more people out there, and then hopefully, more people will donate too. That's good. I agree with you. That's all part of the process, and I think you're 100% right on with that. So he's got to get out there and, and rally the troops and get people excited again. Yes, sir. He sure does. And uh, there's a lot of us that are eager, but, you know, you know, and if we lose them in four or five years, we're replacing coaches in five or six years, four years sometimes. So it really won't be much of a change, except that now hopefully we'll have a more success. There you go. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. I think that's I think that's pretty uh, pretty accurate, Cruz. I do. I'm excited for you. Are you a season ticket holder? No, I, I'm not. Uh, I can't be going back and forth right now. I got a, a problem with one of my eyes, so uh, I uh, I can't. But my son, I get pictures from my granddaughter in in UTEP uniforms, and I mean they are big backers. They they are season holders. My son. My daughter-in-law and my granddaughter, and now they, uh, my grandson was just born a few days ago. And but as uh, soon as I can, I'll be down there. You know. <laughs> congratulations there. on uh, congratulations on a on a new member of the family. That's awesome to hear. Thank and uh, hey, listen, Cruz, we appreciate you calling the show for the first time. Thanks so much for doing that. <laughs> thanks a lot, bud, and thanks for all the information you put out there, man. It really helps. You got it. You guys, take care. All right, you too. Take care, Cruz. 27 past as we continue here on Sports Talk. 505-6009, our telephone number. You know, now I'm starting to wonder, Adrian, when you're talking to me, can, um, I mean, I can hear you, but I wonder if people on the radio can hear you. Maybe that's, not. That is a really, <laughs> that's a real interesting thing. I mean. That would be a scary thing. That wouldn't be interesting. That would just be scary. It, it could be possible, right? It very well could be possible. So, I don't know. I'm not uh, not 100% sure what's going on right now with our setup out here. That is uh, definitely need to do some investigations, which we will. In fact, uh, we'll work on that here in uh, just a little bit. Uh, more phone calls coming in. You can also get into the program at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter, X at 600 ESPN El Paso as we continue. Oh, good news. I have confirmation. Yes, both um, appreciate Eddie and Pedro both getting into me uh, personally and also Jay letting me know that, yes, Adrian, listeners can hear you. So even though the callers can't hear you right now, 
The listeners can. Thank goodness. Um, if Actually, if, if they couldn't hear me, maybe I could uh, shout some expletives or stuff like that that oh. wouldn't get on the radio. That would just be in my ears? Yes. That would be like a dream <laughs> for me. That would be so nice if you could just curse up a storm in my headset and nobody else would hear you but me. That would yeah. be wonderful. You know, I think it's yes. uh, I think it's our mono or like a mixed minus thing. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll get it figured out here. Either it's on okay. your board or mine, so I'll figure it out. Well, my board doesn't really have anything to it. Right, all I, do, I was going to say. All, all I do with my board is 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 punch up myself and the phones and everything else is pretty much as you would expect. So uh, I am not sure. By the way, Esteban also says, yes, we can hear Adrian. Thank you. So thank you to all of you that uh, confirmed that Adrian is uh, with us uh, here on the show. Just too bad for our callers. Let's go to Joel. He is next. Then we'll get to Sports Center here at the bottom of the hour as we continue 505-6009. What's going on, Joel? How are you? Hey, doing okay, guys. You know, the person I'm the happiest for, believe it or not, is Taish. Taish needs to really see a winner before he leaves. Yeah, I More agree. Anyone, he's been there, and uh, listening to the tone of his voice on that last game, it, it just it was it was saddening. And he's such a good guy, and and I'm I'm just hoping that before he leaves, he gets to see a winner. That's a great point. John Teicher deserves, I'll tell you this much, John's going to have his work cut out for him calling the UTEP offense the next season or two or three because they're going to move up and down the field so fast, it's going to be like trying to call a hockey game. You're going to really have to make sure that you're able to keep tabs on everybody left and right as they move up and down. That's not going to be easy. Yes, sir. But, you know, to be able to hear that minor's Touchdown! That's going to be a sweet thing, and I'm I'm sure he'll be happy. <laughs> oh, I think so too. That's a great that's a great reason to bring it up, Ted. Yes, he will be happy. I think you're right about that. Sounds good. That's everything I had today. Appreciate it. I mean, I've been listening since the '90s, and so it's been a long time coming. He's suffered through a whole, you know, just like we have. But but to be able to to be there and see it in person every time. Oh, my God, it's got to be the hardest for him. Yeah, I'm with you. You'd almost say that John Teicher suffered more than just about most, hasn't he? Because just imagine all the games he's covered over the years. You're talking about somebody who's done 500-plus football games, and, yeah, he deserves uh, he deserves to have, have some fun and watch some uh, some wins. Yeah. I, you know, I, I really enjoy it when I get to hear him call basketball and they have good seasons. Like, man, if he could just have those type of seasons in football, we'd just – Put everything together. <laughs> I like that. Joel, good job, man. Thanks for the call today. 31 passed as we continue here on Sports Talk. 505-6009. Let's go back to Adrian and get this Sports Center update. There. Uh, once again, you can connect to the show also on our mobile app. Uh, that is 600 ESPN El Paso. Pinky on the app. All clear on the app. Hearing everyone, he also went and said this, Miners need to improve the three things I've talked about, talking about basketball. Outside shooting, free throws, and turnovers. We have seen quick and faster opponents. Guards are also a problem. Not surprised. The attendance last night was less than 4,000. The core of minor fans of us were there. All right, let's talk about basketball for a second, Adrian. Swing back to hoops after that win over Western New Mexico. What do you think? 
outside shooting, free throws, and turnovers. Are those the core three that UTEP needs to tur- to improve? Yeah, I could I could see that. I would also think I would throw ball movement in that. I think Joe Golding would suggest that as well. Uh, that you know against the Texas A&M Corpus Christi Islanders, they didn't really move the ball that well, and I think that's one of the things that you would look at for UTEP in the future to see maybe a glaring issue. Uh, wasn't necessarily impressed with the perimeter shooting, although they'll tell you that they were excited to get 10 uh, three-pointers to fall yesterday or whatever that number ended up being. Uh, I didn't really like the the perimeter shooting, and we'll have to see um, how they continue to try to get better at that uh, You know, moving forward. And another thing that we saw yesterday was rotations. I think that's not an issue, but something I want to see moving forward how they put the right guys in the right positions to be successful. I mean, what what do you take from last night's game? You don't really take the rotations. You don't really take any of that. Maybe you take some of the minutes that the young guys got, like David Terrell getting 22. Uh, you know, you even had guys like Sebastian Cole, uh, more than nine minutes in this game. He averages in double figures in minutes in this one with 19 minutes. So you want to give your younger guys a lot of exposure, a lot of minutes against teams like Western New Mexico. Are you surprised that's Sebastian Cole is seeing the floor as much as he has been over the last four or five games? Yes, but then when you start to dig into why, it's because they need the, the kind of perimeter shooting and they need the outside scoring and they don't have Baylor Hebb right now. They, I don't, I'm not saying that they banked on Baylor Hebb, but they maybe thought that he would have a chance to have his eligibility waiver granted coming his way, and that hasn't been the case. So because of that, they're searching for answers in their scoring category, and I think that's where they're that's why they're throwing Sebastian Cole out there. Interesting. Interesting. Thirty-five past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. What about awards to give out? Let's give out uh, last night's awards on uh, Minor Talk, starting with our uh, hot hand of the game brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso. Who was our hot hand of the game? It goes to Zid Powell. 14 points in this one, 6 for 8 from the field. And when this one, it, I mean, admittedly, it got a little close, Steve. Uh, Zid Powell was the alpha to help separate the Miners from the Mustangs yesterday, especially in that second half. Love the way that he attacked uh, inside the paint and I love the way that he actually put up uh, 14 points in this one uh, in just 20 minutes of action. So Zid Powell, he gets the hot hand of the game. Weather's starting to cool off in El Paso. In fact, uh, even though the highs are still right now in the upper 60s uh, through Friday, it's going to be colder starting Saturday. 51, then 53, and then all the way down to 46 next Thursday, which means only one thing with winter weather. Your heaters and staying warm. And Wind Supply El Paso is uh, proud to be um, a distributor of Champion Heating and Cooling. They are an authorized distributor and the only one in El Paso. In fact, uh, as you want to stay warm and you need to find that uh, nice, toasty new heater to keep you and your family warm through the winter, just go to the Find a Dealer tab at windsupplyelpaso.com to locate your nearest Champion Heating and Cooling dealer. All right, let's also uh, talk about our uh, Timothy Cantrell player of the game. You have lots of choices. Who gets the POG from last night's game? The POG goes to Otis Frazier third. He had uh, 10 points in this one also, or excuse me, 11 points and 10 rebounds. First career double-double for Otis Frazier third. He was just kind of all over. 21 minutes of action. Look, Otis Frazier is not going to necessarily make all those mid-range jumpers he likes to take, but whenever he's attacking to the hoop and drawing contact, getting 
getting to the free throw line, that is when he is at his best. Otis Frazier III is also at his best when he plays defense because he's just all over the place, very energetic, and is and a leader uh, among some of the veterans of this group. Otis Frazier III getting the player of the game award. I, I like the way Frazier's really been coming around over uh, the last uh, four or five games. I feel like he's getting better and better. Yeah, I think he's. Uh, you used the word confidence earlier to talk about this team. He's the guy who needs a lot of confidence, and when he has confidence and he's playing with confidence, he's hard to beat. Yeah. I, I like him a lot. He's not the guy who's going to hit the big, big shot late in the game, but he's going to be the guy who does all the dirty work for this squad. Timothy Cantrell is your trusted real estate agent with over 20 years of experience. and In fact, he's got everything. Vast knowledge, unwavering dedication, valuable resources. He's here to make your real estate dreams come true. You can contact Timothy by calling 204-8441. That's 204-8441. And follow him on Instagram at Timothy Realtor for the latest listings and tips. All right, 39 past the hour as we continue. Come back with more in a moment. We are past the midway point here on Sports Talk. We'll take you up till 7 o'clock here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Giants, Blue Jays, and Shohei could decide within the week. Wow. Wow. So he wants to make this decision quick. Yep. It's not lingering. No, it's going to be pretty quick. Um, But Dave Roberts said, yeah, we met with Shohei, and I think it went well. Um, But at the end of the day, he's his own man. He's going to do what's best for himself, where he feels most comfortable. Look, let's talk about the franchises for the second, okay? Angels, they're never going to win, okay? Cubs, possible. You never know. I mean, now Craig Council joined them. That could be an interesting franchise. Giants have one. That's a team that could win. Blue Jays also a team that could win. The Dodgers are ridiculous. So of the teams that he mentioned, only the Angels. They're the one team that you look at and say to yourself, well, I really don't think staying with the Angels is a commitment to winning if you're Shohei. But at least he's keeping them in the conversation because he's been there since he came to the States. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, look, I I just think that Toronto uh, motive right there, it's there, right? Vlad Guerrero Jr. is killing it right now. Bo Bichette is having uh, some really, really good seasons. Yet every season at the end of the year, we seem to be disappointed as a collective group with the outcome of the Blue Jays and how they bow out of the postseason or how they don't even make the postseason like they haven't in recent years. So uh, what it tells me right now is they're committed to winning I agree with that I feel like they are now but but being committed to winning and getting big players like that are two totally different things totally different things so let's see what happens all right 505-6009 that is our telephone number as we continue here on sports talk in fact we'd love to get your thoughts before we end hour two and get ready for hour three we've got uh, two lines available right now as we continue on the program. Beautiful. Let's go to Luis. He's joining us next on the show. Luis, how are you? Hey, my man. Shalom, baby. You know, right now, uh, a a cousin of mine who lives in San Francisco, he's an attorney, he says, I told him about you and your program and our friendships that we have. How long have we met since, since we met? It's been 30 years or what? Close to it. Probably, um, I don't know, 25, 26, something like that. Yeah. He, he, he says his best regards to you. Thank you. His son just 
return to the Jewish faith. All right. Very nice. Good to hear. Good to hear. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks for sharing. And I'm very, very proud. I got, I ordered a flag of of, uh, the the beautiful country, which is Jerusalem, and I'm very proud. I have it in my study room where I keep my, my collection of books, music. I hope that one day you and our good friend Adrian will, will do us the honor in visiting us and, and enjoy some nice food. Leticia's a wonderful cook. Well, maybe one and, of these days we'll take the show to your house. That would not be a bad idea. We'll, 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 go, live, we'll go live from Luis's house. That would be uh, something we'll think about. Listen, I'm very happy that San Francisco beat those Eagles. It was a fantastic night. I enjoyed it so much. What is your, what are your thoughts? What do you think on on Sunday's game? First off, as a Cowboys fan, aren't you conflicted because you don't like the 49ers? And you don't like the Eagles. Uh, I, don't, I don't just like them. No. Oh, really? Okay, so so when it comes to the 49ers, you like them a lot more than you like the Eagles. Then, 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 then you have a dislike for the Eagles, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Who do you hate more, Eagles or Commanders? <laughs> Very, I, I knew you were going to ask me that. I, I, Washington, we used to go every year to, to the games in, in Arlington or in Dallas. Yeah. And uh, my my beautiful wife would go dressed as a redskin, and she she's she's a she's there now and then she's not a redskin fan, but yeah she is, and I would go as a cowboy. I tell you, I would go. I would, I don't like the redskins. All right. Well, I, yeah, I know. They're now they're the commanders, but I get what you're saying. You don't like Washington. Yeah, That's commanders. That's yeah, yeah. I know. Redskins, commanders, it's all. Okay. Now you ask me my question. What do I think? I think that uh, the 49ers struggled for three weeks in a row, where you were a little worried about them and would they be able to get their swagger back? Well, the answer is yes. They've recovered. They went into Philadelphia and they destroyed the uh, the Eagles over the last three quarters. And right now, I think it's pretty safe to say San Fran is the best team in the NFC. And uh, that, if there was any questions, they answered it uh, on Sunday. What about you? Yeah, they, they did. I, I respect and I like the, the, the team, you know. I love the team. Uh, we were in 92 or 93 to the game NFC Championship between Dallas and San Francisco at Candlestick Park. Oh, nice. And yeah, they're cool. Okay, quick, quickly, please. The Yankees, who are they going to get? Otani, no. Right. No, they're out for Otani. There's the talk right now is they want Yamamoto, the prized 25 year old pitcher who uh, is trying to pick which team he's going to sign with. So the Mets want him, the Yankees want him, other teams want him, but Yamamoto is probably other than Otani the next big free agent, uh, and and that's uh, right now who the Yankees are zeroing in on. Okay, and 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 our good friend, my compadre. He's going to look for that Real, Real, Real. Is that uh, the name? Yes, that's it. That's right. The uh, Mira, Real, if Real. I, if, I get, if I get Real, Real. Let me tell you something. If you get Real, Real. I want to have you come over here and parade it around because that'll be the ultimate slap in the face to uh, Augustine, who has been um, who has been talking about that bottle for the last ten years. So if you could pull that off in a matter of weeks, that would be 
um, the story of the year, as far as I'm concerned, Luis. I love you, but and you know what? If I can get a bottle for you, I'll, I'll give it as a gift. Because you're a good friend, and I love you. And well, I won't. I won't uh, right. mention religion, but hey, the best to you. And let's pray for Israel, for Jerusalem, and I hope that they get rid of those horrible. Hang, hang, hang! Listen, listen, we can't get we can't get political on the show. We we I purposely, Luis. I know your passion. I appreciate it. But we can't get political on the show. We try to keep politics off the show, whether it's what's going on overseas, whether it's what's going on here in this country. I've always used this show as an escape from that. So I, I hear you out and, and I respect, uh, you know, thoughts. But we got to keep this show um, as, you know, this is sports. We got to keep it sports. We do. But I appreciate it, man. Thank you for the phone call. Thank you for getting it. All right. Five in front of six. We'll come back. We'll get to our final hour of sports talk right here. 600 ESPN El Paso. All right. Coming your way live from the 600 ESPN El Paso, River Oaks Property, Schoolyard Sports Studios. This is Sports Talk. Uh, we've got uh, Alberto running the show right now. Adrian brought us uh, across the glass. I'm Steve Kaplow. It's good to have you back here, folks. 600 ESPN El Paso. Tomorrow will be live Memorial Gym. We'll be there for the uh, volleyball matchup between UTEP and Clemson. Getting you ready for that. We've got uh, new UTEP head football coach Scotty Walden. He'll be joining us for the last 20 minutes of the show before we wrap things up. So we'll try to get all of our commercial breaks out. In fact... We'll see if we can get most of our commercial breaks to the point we can go um, almost commercial-free for that entire time. We'll, we'll work on doing what we can for that, and that way we bring you an uninterrupted conversation prior to uh, the volleyball matchup between UTEP and Clemson. Although there is the national anthem we have to figure out, Adrian, and have to understand uh, sometimes when that happens, uh, we might be in the middle of a good interview, and then all of a sudden uh, we got to rise and get ready for the national anthem. That's exactly right. I mean, hey, it's beauty of live radio. That might happen tomorrow out at Memorial Gym. But all I hope is that we get a lot of people who listen to this show come say hi to us out at Memorial Gym and get ready for this big UTEP-Clemson matchup. Yeah, that's true. Um, again, uh, folks, we'd love to hear from you. 505-6009. That is uh, your telephone number. In fact, uh, we could talk. Uh, there's so much sports out there. It's crazy. We've got the volleyball matchup tomorrow. We've got UTEP winning in basketball over Western New Mexico, getting ready for Oregon. We've got the new coaching hire for UTEP. We've got offers going left and right, including honoring uh, the Gael Ochoa uh, letter that was uh, offered to him by the previous coaching staff. Um so many interesting questions, though, for Scotty, including, you know, who, uh, if anyone, from this prior coaching staff would he uh, possibly retain? I'm really interested in uh, that. Yeah, I, I just I heard this one yesterday, Steve, and I completely think that you got to look at no one from this staff. Interesting. No one. I, I mean, I clean I, break. Yes, clean entire from top to bottom. Um, I was even joking on Minor Talk yesterday. I don't truly believe this, but I was saying even get out the video coordinators, get out everybody who uh, is associated with the football program the with the previous staff and bring in everybody new because and and why I say this is I really I truly believe from everything that I've and everybody I've talked to the culture at UTEP football is fractured a little bit right now 
And, uh, you know, people could say what they want, but I've I've talked to a lot of people and I truly believe that. I think that there needs to be a full culture change with Coach Scotty Walden coming into UTEP. And I don't think you can have anybody from the previous coaching staff back with this, even if they have good accolades, like even Bradley Dale Pivato, which I think, uh, you know, pretty highly of from this coaching staff. I think they've got to go fresh and new top to bottom. Does that include Nate Paws, who's been no. at UTEP for 27 years? No, that does not include him. Okay. So, okay. So, so we have exceptions. We have exceptions. Sure. I mean, it doesn't include Voice of the Miners, John Teicher. He's Got a it. part of the team as well. Uh, doesn't include Nate Poss, good friend of the program. Um, I've heard other positions though that maybe get overlooked. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be specific as far as which ones, but certain, uh, I guess, support groups that might need improvement at UTEP. And I, I would. I'm not saying that they need to fire anybody, but I'd be in favor of a full culture change and, and new expectations from these different roles. So I was looking at the uh, the Austin P football staff. Like they have analysts for offense and defense. And I was trying to think about that. Does UTEP have off uh, analysts on both sides of the ball? Yes, they do have analysts. Um, their analysts play different roles. In fact, uh, one of the guys that I could tell you uh, for a fact who was an offensive analyst on this team was Winston Dimmel. So he was on this previous coaching staff as an offensive analyst. Okay, that's good to know. Um, let me ask you about some other titles you could tell me. Um, do uh, Does the football team specifically have a director of sports performance? No, they do not. Uh, if you want to throw that as the director of strength and conditioning, maybe, but uh, no, they don't have that specific uh, you know position. I also know that uh, they have not only a director of football operations, but they've got an assistant director of football ops. Which is very important. That was that uh, role that we were talking about, the liaison role, um, where they really help with the external uh, side of it, getting guys to the league, getting guys to the Canadian Football League, getting guys to the XFL, USFL, whatever it might be. Yeah, I think that was like that's like Buddy Odell. He's considered the general manager of NFL, CFL, XFL, and USFL liaison. Yeah, I love the general manager role. It's a and fascinating. Title. Yeah. It's a fascinating job title. It it really is. So um, yeah, I am interested in that. And then I know uh, they also have um, a recruiting coordinator, which is something that UTEP has as well. So they also had a uh, recruiting coordinator because you have to, right? That's uh, that's really important. Um, and then the director of sports performance is something that uh, I'm interested to see if that uh, ends up happening. In fact, his title is assistant director of athletics, sports performance. So, and do you know he was also, he had the same title at Houston for four years. Wow. Interesting. I like these these positions, though. Um, I know that UTEP, they banked on guys like quality control coaches. They also did like assistant offensive line, assistant uh, run game coordinator, assistant D-line. That's how they named some of their uh, side, or I guess kind of like, um, I don't know, support coaches. Yeah. That's how they brought them on staff as, as legit coaches. Esteban uh, posts on the show, isn't a full culture change what Jerry Kill did at NMSU? Good question and good point. I mean, yeah, that's exactly right. But he brought in a lot of his own people. He, in fact, he brought in, um, you know, even people to help out on his sports information side of things, if I'm not mistaken, Steve. Uh, it, he obviously, New Mexico State Athletics does have a sports information group, but he has somebody, if I'm not mistaken, who actually takes uh, care of a lot of that stuff for him. He does. 
All right. That's 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 good to know as well. So there's a lot of a lot of interesting titles. Um, you know, when when you talk about what you could see from UTEP. Now here's another question, okay? And that is, do you go? I don't want to say and shortchange your offensive staff because that's not accurate. But considering Scotty will be the offensive coordinator and play caller. Do you put more assistant coaching resources into defense knowing your head coach is the kind of guy that pretty much puts the offense together? Yeah, and I would like them to hire from the outside. I know that Brian Reeves, who just joined us uh, from Austin P, he was talking about how he's confident in their defensive coaching staff, and maybe that's the case, and maybe uh, they do have accolades and stuff like that. By the way, not a fan of the 3-3 stack defense. Not a fan of that. You don't and, want the amoeba? Uh, no, not a fan of that. Uh, Tell me I, now, hang on, hang on, hang on. Before you move on... You just made a pretty uh, pretty powerful statement yourself. Why are you not a fan of the 3-3 stack amoeba defense? Well, I'm going to start off with the three, the front three. And I always believe that if you're UTEP, you're not going to be as big or as physical as some of the other guys that you're going up with against in the trenches. And I've seen it before, the three-man front does not work at UTEP. They just don't have the bodies to do it. Remember Dimmel? He flip-flopped between that 3-4, 3-3-5, uh, right, right yeah. and he, he settled on the 4-3. And I That's felt true. like the only time they actually got to the quarterback consistently was when they ran that four-man front. And if you want to make an argument, well, you can. if you bring back Maurice Westmoreland, he could play an outside linebacker like a Micah Parsons role and still rush the passer on mm. every given any given down. Sure, I'm good with that, but how realistic is that going to be in this kind of defense. Uh, the last coach I remember who ran this successfully at UTEP was Scott Stoker. So that's the only, uh, I guess, example I can remember right now of somebody who ran that three-three-five or the three-man front setup that actually worked at UTEP. I loved Scott Stoker Me too. as a coach. Loved him. Loved what he did. The thing about the, uh, the what what we heard a moment ago about the three down linemen that I like is that he would throw so many different looks and blitz defensive backs as well as what he had. Like He kept you guessing, and maybe that's what UTEP needs to do because we've talked about it. If they're not predictable on either side of the ball, you don't know what they're going to do on defense. You don't know what they're going to do on offense. Um, it makes it so much harder to game plan against you. Yeah, and I that reminds me of uh, actually when it's done successfully, it reminds me of New Mexico State's defense. Now, on the flip side of that, New Mexico State's defense does allow big plays to go past them in games. Now, of course, UTEP fans will will remind me, hey, look at how many big plays went against the Miners this year against a defense that uh, people thought were, was supposed to be a, uh, in the upper half of Conference USA, which it really wasn't. I mean, they they hung in in some games, but really over, oh, you know, they were an average to below average defenses past year and at its best yes they were elite in conference usa that's very true uh we got a line ringing in right now 505-6009 if you want to get into the program 505-6009 as a sports talk rolls along we'd love to get your thoughts on on what we're talking about right now and that is kind of going into the x's and o's of what we could be seeing from uh, uh from really uh Scotty, and and what potentially that could be for uh, UTEP's, uh, you know, offense and, and defense, especially the defensive side of the ball. We'll we'll hear from Scott Walden uh, tomorrow when he gets uh, introduced as UTEP's next head football coach. Let's go to Patrick with a line ringing in. Hey, Patrick, how are you? I'm doing great. How are y'all doing? Fine, thanks, Patrick. Hey, I'm glad y'all brought that topic up. Uh, 
you're talking about uh, some X's and O's and, uh, and the defensive scheme. The whole, uh, let's let's talk about Scott Stoker first, and then we'll get into what you know, Adrian three three five, what have you. Yep. Um, I thought Scott Stoker did a great job uh, that that one year, and the whole the whole key about pressure is. I mean, you got to have lockdown corners. That's that's the uh, pure and simple of it. You you have to have lockdown corners uh, because they are going to go after. They are going to throw the ball vertically if you if you bring pressure. And and that one year that I remember that one year with Scott Stoker, we we had those lockdown corners and mm-hmm. and we had a great year. I think we were a bowl team that year. Um, one of the years that he was the DC, but then what I saw was he tried to do the same thing. I, I think it was like the following year, and he didn't have those kind of corners. And I thought, I thought that he did not adjust to to what he had. I thought like that he he should have probably gone to more of a zone, but I, I think maybe it was one of those deals. This is. This is who I am. This is what we're gonna do, and it, and that and that's I guess that eventually I got him canned. Um, now to uh, to Adrian's uh, point about three three five, I think I think that defense looks great on paper. Mm-hmm. I think that I I think you have to have a really knowledgeable. Uh, experienced coach to run it and I guess the king of it is like Rocky Long. He he's like the king of the of the three three five. Yeah. So that you you gotta have somebody that is really knowledgeable because it's it's really that three three five it's not I know it 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 says three, you know, three down linemen. Yep. But really what it is it's pressure. It's it's bringing like people through different gaps and what have you. And you have to have some lockdown corners. So, I mean, I wish him the best, and he's got it. And he was hired, and and he's going to do what he feels he can win. But I think the whole key is you you have to have some lockdown corners. I'll let you guys talk. Thank you. Guys. Appreciate you, Patrick. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Let's go back to the phones. We got full lines. Let's go next to uh, Enrique, who joins us. Enrique, your turn. Thanks for the call. Hey, uh, thanks for taking the call. It's been a while since I've talked to you guys. Good to hear from you, Enrique. So I'm really excited about this hire, but I had a couple of things that I'm curious about that I wanted to run by you, Cap. Okay. So he's coming from a different division of football. How is that going to translate into success with the Division One, like UTEP's level of competition? And then at that same token, what's going to be UTEP's bar going into, like, what are we going to define as success? Is it going to be a winning season? Is it going to be four wins, five wins? a bowl game victory, a conference uh, appearance, because I really think NMSU set the bar They did for our level of competition. So they play at Tennessee, at Nebraska, and at Colorado State next year. They've got four road games. They have three road games instead of two for non-conference. And UTEP has uh, seven road games and five home games next season. And based on their schedule, I mean, 
All I can tell you is this. I hope they, you know, they hope they have a chance to go out and try to beat Colorado State. That's going to be easier said than done. I don't expect them to beat uh, Nebraska and Tennessee. You hope they they keep it respectable. But I think the biggest this you know the biggest thing is how do they play in conference? Are they are they a, a team that of their eight conference games can they win five or more of their conference games? I think that's going to be the big test. Yeah, I, I think so too. And. One of the things I was thinking about too, Cap, is a lot of the times we bring in a new coach and we see success right away. Yeah. But how much of that success is the new coach rather than what the prior coach built? And with NMSU being as successful as they were this year, um, please correct me if I'm wrong, but that's opening more windows for NMSU to, like, jump conference. Like, is that going to be – something that we're going to have to like step up to because I re- with everything going the way it is with conferences and, and alignments, I really don't think Conference USA, the Sun Belt, all these small conferences are going to live much longer. Well, here's the thing, okay, about New Mexico State, and I appreciate the call, Enrique. The only place they could go that makes logical sense is the Mountain West. And from what I know, New Mexico wants zero part of the Aggies being in the same league as them. So, Adrian, I feel like there's not a lot of places New Mexico State can go. They'll be happy in Conference USA. They just saw Liberty make a New Year's Six game. I really don't think that they're coming in here with thoughts of leaving and going to a bigger league. I feel like they're just happy to be in a conference right now. I, I just I agree with that, that they're happy to be in CUSA, but if you ever have an opportunity to improve where you stand and go into a better conference, why wouldn't you go? And especially if you are actually having success at a higher level and starting to re- uh, generate more money and your facilities are starting to improve, then you make that transition. Uh, UTEP cannot check any of those boxes or maybe one of those boxes. No, they can't. They can't check any of them. Yeah, NMSU can actually start checking off more of those right there. Yeah, they can. And you're right. The way the Aggies have played the last two seasons, they're in a much better position than UTEP is right now. Yeah, much to, better to Enrique's point, yes, fans should be worried, but you should be equally worried with Jacksonville State, mm-hmm. with Liberty, with all those other uh, schools that they're just going to uh, join CUSA and then leave soon. Good point. Good point. All right. The only thing is there's not a lot of places for them to go because these other leagues have gotten so big. I really, I feel like there's a point now where there's, there really isn't too many places they can go to from where they are right now. We're still talking about the Big Ten, which is now, what, almost at 20 members? So yeah. maybe there's no cap anywhere in, in college sports now. And if we're talking about the Mountain West uh, possibly entertaining a relegation system, year one they're going to be doing a you know, membership uh, competition against Oregon State and uh, Washington State. But in the future, if they do something like relegation, which they've talked about, then maybe they do expand. Who knows? Maybe so. All right. We'll get to Dan right after Charlie won. He's back 21 past the hour with this traffic update 24 past the hour as we continue here on sports talk again tomorrow night we'll be live memorial gym for sports talk getting ready for utep volleyball excited about that just like i'm excited about our next caller we've got two lines open dan is with us he is next 24 past the hour 505-6009 our telephone number dan what's going on how are you i'm uh, doing a lot Better see. Uh, a question: You were talking X's and L's. Did uh, 
declared he was going to run a three three uh, or 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 I heard the uh, when you had the interview with the voice of, uh, of the commanders and said that's what they ran. I mean, you don't even know or uh, you both going to bring the same coordinator. But anyway, something that he's going to stay with a uh, with a three stack. Which is the fact that you have a nickel, which is that's that's why it's called a five, and you mm-hmm. have a, uh, the four DB. Now, another guy uh, that he was saying about a lot of corners, yet in the same interview, he's talking about playing gaps and it's in the corner. So, how can you be a lockdown, lockdown corner? The guy has uh, the best receiver, and you can have two, definitely. But if you're going to send a corner, you're no longer a lockdown corner. Hey, Dan, you're, you're, I don't know what cell phone plan you have or where you call from, but every time we get you on the show recently, we can barely make out about two out of every five or six words. Wow. Yeah, I know. Uh-huh. It's T-Mobile, by the way, which I'm not very happy with. I had Sprint, and they took it over, and you know, do you just have bad cell signal in your area? Because I'll be honest with you, I've got them too, and they've been amazing for me. Like, I, I, I never have an issue. So, um, I don't know. It's weird how things work sometimes. Is it just that you don't have enough bars? Um, you know what? Do me a favor. I have an idea. All right? Promise me do th- do this. I don't know if you're doing this right now. Are you Are you home? Are you home? I'm home, yes. You're home? Okay. Go to your settings on your phone. And okay. enable Wi-Fi calling, because I'm assuming, do you have Wi-Fi in your house? Yes, I do. Okay. Uh-huh. Go on go on your phone, enable the Wi-Fi calling, call me back afterwards, and I want to see if if the connection is better. Okay? Okay. Sounds All right. good. Do that. Thanks, Dan. All right. I'm going to work on Dan. I'm, I'm, troublesho- I'm going to troubleshoot Dan on this show, Adrian, because I feel like if you're in a place and your signal is spotty, that's what it sounds like. But if you call off of Wi-Fi, you'll be much better signal-wise, signal strength, and call-wise. Let's see if it works. Yeah, let's see if this ends up working out. This is strange. This is the third call in a row from Dan, unfortunately. Yeah, we're having Dan issues. We are, but... I was and I was trying to understand what Dan was talking about with the defense, with the uh, as he was talking about with the with the linemen and and the the corners and all that because Dan is a former uh, high school football coach, so Dan Dan knows he does he knows so yeah once he gets that part situated, uh, I am very interested to see if in fact uh, the Wi Fi calling can help him and Adrian if he doesn't know how to do that maybe when he calls back you could talk him through it. Yep, that sounds good to me. All right. 27 past the hour. And by the way, tomorrow, or during the press conference, we will be asking um, Coach uh, about his defensive philosophies. That is definitely something we will want to talk to him about. Um, and, and, and that way, at least they're able to explain some of that to us. Aren't you going to be also interested to see if he will know which coaches he's going to bring, if he will mention that in the press conference, or if he'll just keep it vague and say, you know, I'm looking to take it, some of my uh, staff with me, but I won't finalize that until a further time. Yes, and actually uh, our boy Michael Cuviello has already noted that there are three different uh, coaches who are no longer listed on the Austin P website. He has since deleted the tweet. Um, I thought he w- it was out there. I was looking for it by Mike. 
our pal. And, uh, yeah, I want to see those coaches who were previously listed on that staff and, uh, you know, which ones they are so we can kind of keep an eye out if they end up moving over to UTEP with Coach Walden. Wait, you're saying that UTEP um, deleted, or not UTEP, uh, Cuviello deleted the tweet? Yes. Any particular reason why? No que- No clue. Interesting. All right. Mike's uh, hot on the trot sometimes to try to find this stuff out. He really is. Yeah, he is. Um, I'll say this, though. Uh, I would love to see if he brought some of that support staff that we mentioned. I think that would be great. I think UTEP does have an issue in getting guys to play professionally uh, from their previous coaching staff, or maybe it wasn't a priority, and not saying it was a knock to the the head coach and Dana Dimmel. It's just uh, sometimes you prioritize recruiting with your coaching staff. Others, hey, they prioritize recruiting, but they also want to get their alums into the league, and they want their alum to feel like there's a connection between them and the program. I feel like that's important, but you know what else I feel is important is also finding a way to con- stay connected with your former players that are, are no longer with the program and making sure that once you're a minor, you're always a minor. I feel like that disconnect is something that's been going on for way too long. Right. I feel like there's even uh, NFL players right now who, when they visit El Paso or visit the games, Nick Needham made it public on Twitter that he was like going to a spring game and people were giving him a tough time to get in and he needed a mobile ticket even though it was free. So, yeah, I, I think that there needs to be a better connection with some of those marquee players, especially when uh, they are going to, of course, uh, the NFL. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, bottom of the hour. We'll see if we can get Dan back, and I'm hoping if he comes back we can get his uh, his uh, connection uh, where we need it to be. Hopefully uh, that'll be able to work out. Uh, but we've got 30 minutes to go. We'll keep things moving as Sports Talk rolls along. Let's go right back to Adrian and get one last Sports Center update. Thank you, Steve. Let's go over to what's going on right now in the NBA as part of the in-season tournament. Uh, there are two games that are set for tonight, and right now the Bucks lead the Knicks just by two, 62-60. This one with two minutes to go in the first half on TNT. Quarterfinal round of the NBA in-season tournament. Also coming up after this one, it's the Suns taking on the Lakers, 8 o'clock start on TNT. Illinois has taken a five-point lead against Florida Atlantic, 89-84, by the way. Uh, Illinois 20th in the country right now. FAU 11th in the nation. This one with two minutes left on ESPN as part of the Jimmy V Classic that's going on right now. It's part of the Big East Big 12 battle. Number 19 Oklahoma currently leads Providence 54-46. Going over to Kansas State, they lead Villanova 58-51 as part of the Big East Big 12 battle on ESPN 2. This one with six minutes to go in the second half. Let's head over to what's going on in the hockey scoreboard right Right now, Senators lead the Rangers 4-2. Six minutes left in the second period of that contest. Also, Blue Jackets up 2-0 against the Kings. This one with seven minutes left in the second period on ESPN+. Hey, all these games are on ESPN+. Love hockey for that. Red Wings lead the Sabres 2-0. ESPN+, has it on their Hockey Night exclusive. And this is end of the first period of this game. Sharks Islanders tied right now 1-1. End of the first period of that contest going on right now. Uh, 
Uh, one other quick story to mention today. Uh, this coming out of the uh, this actually coming out of the NFL. Trevor Lawrence has a high ankle sprain. Sources tell ESPN. Doug Peterson said that the Jaguars will evaluate Trevor Lawrence later in the week, and he won't rule him out in playing Sunday. That's a look at your Sports Center update. I'm Adrian Broaddus. All right, Adrian. Thank you very much. Uh, by the way, I'm watching, uh, the, keeping an eye on the scores right now. We've got the quarterfinals of the NBA play-in tournament. Are you interested in whether or not Milwaukee or the Knicks will go to Vegas? Okay, you want the honesty? Yeah, I want honesty. I'm all in, man. I'm all in on the NBA in-season tournament. Uh, Adam Silver, if we had a, an extra trophy in, mm. in our River Oaks property, Schoolyard Sports Studios, he's uh, swung and missed on a lot of things recently. This one is not one of them. I am all in on the NBA in-season tournament. Not the courts themselves, maybe not even the jerseys for some of the teams, but I love the competition. Steve, mm-hmm. last night, Pacers beat out the Celtics, and it looked like it was first round of the NBA playoffs. Oh, yeah. I had a I had a, what, um, a lot of people at the alehouse yesterday cheering watching that Celtics game. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting because – People don't even, I mean, there are a lot of people out there who don't really watch NBA who can't even name five players on, or two players on the Indiana Pacers, and that's okay, right? But that's what I like about this season and this in-season tournament specifically. You have some of the underdogs who are really trying hard for the in-season tournament like the Indiana Pacers, Mm -hmm. led by Tyrese Halliburton. Remember the name? He'll be a household name soon enough. He will. And uh, I like watching these underdog squads uh, advance in the tournament. Yesterday, the Pelicans also advanced as well against the Kings. Yeah, by the way, um, Zion is, uh, that's an interesting story in itself. Because you're right, uh, you know Zion Williamson now having an opportunity to uh, to showcase himself with uh, New Orleans, and hopefully we'll stay healthy. That's I think the biggest uh, takeaway there. So uh, we will see if in fact uh, that does become uh, a reality. I like this uh, Esteban uh, telling us as part of routine weekly maintenance, switch to airplane mode then back. That resets the modem. On the phone. I didn't know a phone has a modem. Did you? It does. Uh, Apparently, according to Esteban, it does. He said uh, when you switch your phone to airplane mode and back, it resets the modem. I didn't even know a phone had a modem. You know what? Uh, Esteban's a smart guy, so actually I would trust him on this. So he does some important stuff. I thought you meant like maybe the Wi-Fi connection. Maybe but, uh, so. Yeah, maybe so. I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. I, I just never knew a phone had a modem. Uh, but I'm learning something today. I'm learning. All right. Uh, let's get back to the calls. 505-6009, our uh, telephone number. And see, so we've got Chris on the line right now. All right. Hey, Chris, how are you? Good. And yourself, guys? Doing well. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yes, sir. No, just real quick. I, I uh, We've been Sumble fanatic since uh, for the last maybe 30 years, but um, it's been a while. I know this year it will make a difference if we have one or not, but I felt what intrigued more the casual fans that are not football fans to go to the game, obviously besides the tailgating and all that stuff, is, is the halftime show. We haven't had one in a while. I know this year the team for itself will, is already sold out the Sun Bowl, but it's Something we should, uh, with Mr. Bernie Olivas, maybe something we could try to bring back. I know everything's about money, but I think for future assembles, um, that's something I think will that intrigues like the casual fan. I know 
back in the day we had Rihanna, we had uh, the Village People. That just yep. something more people people are intrigued. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll go to the Sun Bowl and watch uh, the halftime. And so I know this year we don't need a halftime show, but it's something that it just adds to the event. Well, listen, I always liked the halftime show when they did it. I think it's fun, and you're right. Uh, to be honest, Chris, uh, if, you have a, if you have a pretty good halftime act that can perform and entertain the crowd, I think people get excited about that. You know, Jerry Rubin was the first one that started the halftime show when Helen of Troy was sponsoring the Sun Bowl, and then it continued with Oscar Leeser and Hyundai of El Paso, and, you know, now that Tony the Tiger took it over with Kellogg's, they haven't had the halftime performance like they used to, but it is a nice little feature for the game there's no doubt yeah absolutely absolutely guys but but like i said this year uh two teams or Notre dame itself sold out the sun bowls mm-hmm. but something hopefully we could bring back there you go yeah it's like the foo fighters notre dame you get the you get a, the right act there and everybody gets excited just like a uh, team good stuff chris thanks for the call gene is joining us next 37 past hi gene uh hi how you guys doing doing well gene how are you uh, good. Really quick, uh, Steve. Enjoy your show. I really appreciate what you said there a moment ago about getting a better connection between the UTEP football program and their their uh, alumni. Uh, there's some pretty good evidence to support that. Uh, just down the road at my alma mater at U of A, um, it's taken them three years to get back to notoriety. And they had uh, Gronkowski there for homecoming. And they've got some guys on the staff like Bruski, uh, Chris, uh, um, Chuck Cecil, mm-hmm. and... Ricky Huntley, and they brought that program back. I think there's a huge impact of these guys coming back and just giving them moral support and telling them how to win and how to make it in the big league. So the more you can push that on a new coaching staff, I think that would be great, Steve. Tell you what, you think about this too, Gene. You've got Seth Joyner, Tony Tolbert, Lee Mays, um, you know, if you want to go back to the 60s, uh, and, and there are still players from that era, 80s, uh, you've got guys um, also like Chris Jackie, plenty of that that have played in the NFL. And Brian, you're, Young. Brian Young's another one. The problem with Brian is he's still on the uh, Saints staff. So you'd almost have to bring him in on a bye week, which you could do, but he hasn't, you know, he's still active in the NFL right now. Um, Jordan Palmer is another one. I mean, it really would be nice if UTEP can keep connecting with their uh, their former players. Absolutely. I think it would, yeah. And maybe for spring practice or summer or whatever, just get these guys to show up and just show them, give them some moral support. And I think they it might be pleasantly surprising. Uh, well, these guys might be delighted to come down. I think that would be great. You know what else we could use now that I really think about it? Maybe we could start to see some of the all-time great football players be honored in the Sun Bowl with their jerseys and name recognition right there on the press box where you start to show those like the Cowboys have in their stadium and do that the same way that Utah basketball has honored their former players over the years. We've never really seen football players honored like that, but it would be great if some of those uh, terrific ex Miners over the last 50, 60 years had that opportunity to come back. I think get him involved, Steve, and the timing's good because we're starting fresh. And I, I think I really appreciate what you just said there. I've been waiting to hear that and just push it as much as you can. I think it would be a huge factor. We'll do it, Gene. Appreciate the call. Thanks for getting in. Thanks a lot. Okay, bye. You got it. we got 20 minutes to go. Let's say hello to Dan and see if this is better. Dan, are you using Wi-Fi calling? That's I'm on right now. Hopefully it'll work. Uh, service south of the freeway, you know, it's not very, very, very good. So I don't know. 
Give it a shot. Keep going, Dan. You were talking about the, 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 the defense but when we were having a hard time hearing you. So why don't you pick it up where you left off? Yeah, the 3-3 was, uh, the, you know, the 6-5. Uh, basically what it is, is uh, you do not have the big boys at UTEP or at many places that can control the Now, once the scrimmage is not controlled, they're going to run all over you. You are forcing the nickel back to come and help. Uh, one caller was talking about the lockdown corners. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, there are such things, but you cannot use that on a on a on this type of defense. He on the and the stunt, and he's standing up. you do that? You don't need longer have a corner. Asking that or one of you rather than what it is basically. I tried. I tried. I tried. We can't. Dan, get a new cell phone for Christmas. Do it. You need one. There are all these promotions. Get a free iPhone 15 or Android, whatever you're using. It's it, it, it's time. It, it, it's time to put whatever um, telecommunications device you're using out of its misery once and for all and get a new phone because, oh, my God. Now, I will say this. If you enable Wi-Fi calling but you're not on Wi-Fi and you're still out someplace using data, it doesn't do any good. You have to be on Wi-Fi when you use Wi-Fi calling. But if he's on Wi-Fi and he enabled that Wi-Fi calling and that's what's coming out, Adrian, it's time to to take that phone, throw it off a building, run it over with your vehicle, (laughs) and go get yourself another phone. Yeah, I like that. Um, I'll just say this for Dan. I like Dan's calls, so it's it's actually a bummer. Like he's he's saying some good stuff, and it's sad that we can't get him on. So I want to hear Dan without without like interruptions. That's what I want. I I feel frustrated for Dan, not with Dan, for Dan. So Dan, is there any chance you could just uh, get rid of that phone after this phone call and go get a new one by the next time you call into the show? I'm going to try it because you're not going to Good Lord. Dan, I got a question. Dan, Dan, how old is your phone? Less than six months, Steve. Oh, it's brand new. Is it? Hang on. Is it an iPhone? It is an iPhone. An oh, iPhone my. IPhone, sure. Oh, my God. Um, so it's a new. Is it a 15? No, it's a 13. A 13. It still should be good enough. It still should be good enough. All right. I got here's a better question for you. One last troubleshooting because okay. I feel like I'm Apple right now. Serious question, okay. Dan. When was the last time you turned the phone off and then turned it back on? Six months ago. Oh well, you haven't you have wait you haven't turned the phone off in six months. No. Oh, that's it. That's it. There's that's your problem, right. Dan. There's your problem. Here's what you do. Here's all you got. It's a simple thing. Okay, I'm gonna do something I've never done before. I never gave a caller three shots on the same topic in the same show. Normally, two strikes and you're out. Here's what I want you to do because I'm about to go to a break. Take that phone, turn it off. Wait 30 seconds, mm-hmm. turn it back on, call the show. Let's see if that fixes it. You got one last shot at this because we want to hear what you're saying. I promise, okay? All right, sounds good. I'll right. try it. Try it. All right, that's good. One last shot with Dan. That's our final segment. We'll do it next as we continue.